say good black don't crack, they're not wrong. What's your secret? But if we think that to look better is to certainly get a better spirit in our heart and uh, to work every day to become a better wife, a better mother, a better friend, a better sister, then those values and attributes alone will make us more beautiful than we are now. Fear it, own it. Take a minute and know that you are this power. Put out the fire that our ancestors lit that carried us. Teach our children to claim their destiny. I say it's in the reach of my arm, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I'm a woman. Phenomenal. How can fat girl be the best anything when cat woman is about? You know exactly who I am and what I'm capable of. Just like I know exactly what you are. Good evening and welcome to Divine Femininity Podcast. We are live on On The Wake Up Radio. Please go to www.onthewakeupradio.com. Check us out. Um, you can hear us live stream. Thank you to uh, Cindy Ashby for this production. Also, you can call into 844-818-4433. You must be 18 or older to call in if you'd like to join us in our conversation t- tonight. And also, um, want to let you know you can catch the replays on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. But we would prefer that you come on and sign up with otwtube.com. It's for us, by us. Check us out where you can check out videos that are uncensored and um, free free for the uh, taking. So we appreciate everyone who has joined us tonight. We have Empress Angie, Maxine, and Nellie in the building representing... Yes, empresses. I'm so glad to see y'all here live and direct. And to tonight's topic is you can't make this shit up. So here we go. Um, I think our first topic tonight is going to be on narcissism. So we have a video that Empress Cindy is going to uh, go ahead and, and roll and then we can kind of talk about what this gentleman has to say. I'm gonna go into character real quick as a narcissistic man or one that has narcissistic traits. I know you're lonely. You haven't been touched in a while. You haven't been kissed. You haven't been on a date. You know, I know that after about 30 to 45 days or so, you're turned on, your body's on fire, your mind and your body's aching for many things especially when you're ovulating. I know about all these things because you told me. And I'll say, how are you doing today? And I'll smile. That smile's not because I'm happy to be with or around you. That smile's because I have a double mind. Do you know what a double mind is? I'm not gonna keep my word. I'm gonna hurt you. I'm gonna come and go. I'm very untrustworthy. But you saw that smile. You thought that I was happy to be in front of you or with you. No, it's about me. The narcissistic guy, the one with the narcissistic traits. Even if you go to church, I don't care about you going to church. Go get the word, come home, and I'll let you teach me. I'll let you train me. I don't care about church. You know that it's wrong to fornicate, but you also know that you know how to repent. 
I know that you know that. You know that I know that God will forgive you and me. So I'm not, I don't care about the church that you go to. Come home, let's eat, talk. And again, it's 30, 35 days, 40 days. I know you on fire. We're having a great conversation and you enjoy it. We haven't had that in a long time. Yeah, I'm a narcissistic guy with narcissistic traits. You need to know what a double mind is. I have that. We'll talk about your children. We'll talk about your exes, what your son needs, what your daughter needs, mentoring, developing, help. What your ex-husband or ex-boyfriend didn't do, I'll do. Not for you, but for me. You're just a number to me. I'm leave you anyway. Leave you hurting, despondent, crying, wondering what's going on. And I make you feel like everything is your fault. I'll never take the blame. I'll hurt you as much as I can, keep you as a trophy. I don't like to lose. I'm not going to lose. I don't want to lose. What are you gonna do with me? You don't know. You haven't had a man in a while. Haven't been intimate, haven't been on a nice date. Haven't been treated right. And here I come, I'm temporary. I won't tell you that though. I make you feel like I'm permanent because I want what you have. Only thing you're gonna get from me is the minimum. I don't care, I don't have a heart. I don't have a soul, I don't have a spirit. I was hurt as a kid. My goal is to not let anyone ever hurt me ever again. So I'm dead set on hurting you. I'm closed off, I'm emotionless. I'm dealing with emotional dysregulation. Wow, I just appreciate his brutal honesty. I know he said he went into to, uh, character at the beginning, but that was like straight up, like honest. Like that's how a narcissist thinks. And unfortunately I've had my share of dealings with narcissists. So, but uh, yeah, the games they play is, is not fun. And it, it, it definitely can leave you high and dry. Um, emotionally drained and strained. So, yeah, I, I I definitely saw whatever he was saying, certain things. I'm like thinking of the person that I dealt with on that level, which was my ex-husband. Uh, it's just amazing the, the level of lack of accountability that they hold. And they don't even know that they're narcissists. So I knew, I, I knew in a way that this guy probably isn't, but it kind of was concerning that he could he could go into character like that too. So I'm like, do they not know? Because when I read up on narcissism at one time, I was like, it's it states that they don't even know that they're narcissists, that they don't even realize that they're that way, or you can't even tell them that they're they're that way. What are your thoughts, Nell? Nelly? You try to tell a narcissist that they're a narcissist, they'll look at you like you like literally walking around with your head chopped off and you're still speaking. Like it's a total shock to them for you to tell them about themselves. Narcissists don't feel like they can do anything wrong. Like everything they do is justified. And they try to use the the the, the things that you share with them, your past. You try to bring them so that they can understand who you are. You try to tell them about the things that you've experienced in your past and they turn everything that you tell them about your past into a weapon against you. Mm. Narcissists really, they, like the brother said, they're cold and emotionless. 
They'll make you think that they really care about you, but their actions will show you that they don't. The sad thing about narcissists is most narcissists are financially well off. And because of that, they feel like they can buy love. I'm sorry. There is no price tag on love. You're going to earn it honestly, or you just don't get it at all. Um, and when you do something to the narcissist, if you say or do anything to the narcissist, the first thing that they'll always do is try to make it seem like it's your fault that they did it. Mm -hmm. So my experience with the narcissist had me thinking I was on top of the world until the first time he threw something back in my face. And it was then, you know, I didn't even think about it. I just figured, oh, he's just having a bad day. And then it became more and more frequent, more and more consistent, more and more constant. And then after a while, it was like, I went from loving this man to trying to figure out if I love myself. How much did I love myself for me to go through this, keep constantly going through this with him? And then it got to the point where I flashed. I wasn't the loving person that I was anymore. I was resentful. I felt some type of way because it was like, why am I wasting my time with you? I'm doing everything I can for you. I'm supportive. I, I listen when you griping about things that are bothering you. I try to be that support for you. But the minute you get into your feelings or the minute I say something that you don't agree with, you automatically attack me. Like, it's my fault that you're upset. Lesson learned. It won't happen again. It just can't happen again. If you see somebody sitting up there throwing everything, throwing your past hurt back in your face, walk away. Because it's not going to just happen that one time. It's going to happen all the time. Every single time they're in their feelings, they're going to make you think that it's all your fault. That's true. I've, I've been there, sis, for sure. It is not a good feeling. Because when you think you're opening up to someone that you know, really, truly cares about you and wants to hear you out and and wants to um, know all of you and the good, bad, ugly, all that in between. And then they go go behind you and and turn your trauma into something that like they actually distort it and make ma you make use of it in a negative way or turn it around on you like that's that's a very hurtful feeling. Like, I, I don't know how you can even live with yourself to do something like that to another human being. Her name is Karma. We don't have to do anything. Eventually, he's going to meet his match. That's true. And she's going to do him 10 times as worse as he's done every female before her. That was honestly trying to be with him. So, only thing we can do is just try to pick up the pieces, put ourselves back together. And be mindful and aware. The wheels are still. Cindy Ashby. Nelly, Nelly, you triggering me, girl. Look, that whole <laughs> video triggered me, but I'm going to look. For real, for real. Y'all see how I was showing out last week? And I, I'm literally sitting here trying to keep myself together. I feel you, sis, because it hurts. Especially at time, you cannot get back. It's like you literally made an investment into somebody for it to just you you, you invest the time in somebody for you. The only return you get back is pain. So and we let karma deal with them. 
Well, you know, when you said karma, so I, I was dealing with someone. I was just so gaga goo goo over. He was annoying. I'm not going to lie. Everybody hated him. Everybody. They was like, you still with him? I'm like, no. You know, he has so much potential because that's the thing, right? We see potential. And the arguments were, there's a certain, I have a really disgusting, nasty mouth when it comes to cussing people out. So I would hold back because I, there were things that I knew that wouldn't be nice to say. No, not him. There no hold back. I remember one time we were like arguing or something and it was nothing. It was like, to me, it was nothing. He was saying, oh, you got the light on. I'm trying to go to sleep. I took off the light. Oh, your phone. I was like, okay, we not, I'm grown. Um, I have work to do. I can't, it's not like I'm five and you, it's time to go to bed. It's eight o'clock. I was like, I have work to do. And he started an argument with me and then said, that's why you were molested. Who the fuck? Who the fuck comes at you with your trauma on a platter and think that it's okay? And I said, who the fuck am I really fucking with here? Where there's no boundaries, there's no like, no compassion, nothing. And when you talk about that trauma, well, my trauma, not trauma, karma, karma was different for him. Because I said to him on the last day I fucked with him on some like, I'm not fucking with you no more. You gonna lose everything you got because all my blessings I done gave to you, but you ain't even worth none of it. Your job, your car, that man, I 48 hours later, crashed his car, got demoted at work, called me that night. Let's try to work it out. Now you go sitting there. That's karma for me. Okay. Fuck another bitch. I, your whole world I, on some carry. I'm carry out here. Like straight, like blood boiling and shit. Like, yeah, you're going to lose it. And then I sent one of my ancestors that just passed. I'm sending my uncle Lester for you. He was like, oh, you bad. My no, because that's disgusting. He was a narcissist. I knew he was a narcissist. And I, I know a couple of them. So I always thought that I could deal with it, right? Because I'm, I'm easy to kind of go, I'm going to let you be you. I'm going to let you be you. But now you coming for me, me who's been your cheerleader, been there for you, your backbone, you coming for me and then you go and you cuss the eight-year-old out that was traumatized? You must be out your motherfucking monkey mind. Oh, thank you, Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> you welcome, sis. Yep. That, that's, that's what the narcissists will do to us. Have, have any of you other ladies experienced narcissism in relationship or even oh. a family oh I yes have, i have family members that are like it too so go for oh, it. man well i'll tell you my deepest one was my daughter's father he was a narcissist but here's the thing when we were friends we were friends before we dated we were friends from high school we didn't date till i was like like 1920 he, before that, he was a perfect gentleman. We would go out. I would go to his house. I'm telling you, it was like when we started dating, it was like finding out he was a serial killer. It was on that level. And um, But the thing about the narcissist is that we have to understand is what they do is that they build you up to tear you down. Right. They build. And that's why it's so hard. That's why they get in our heads the way they do. Just imagine someone telling you you're so beautiful. Oh, I just love everything you do. Oh, you know what I like about you? And they build you up to tear you down. 
And the long of the short was that he said things to me. He said, you're fat, you're broke. Nobody's going to ever going to marry you. Nobody wants you. Um, I end up having in the end behind it, I end up having a nervous breakdown behind it. And I had to move out of state for a while just to get away from him. And it was the last time, but I realized something. I'm going to tell you guys something else is that this is where the work comes in. What I always say is because had I, I saw the signs in the beginning, the signs were there and I could have walked away and I didn't. I wish I just had better self-worth about myself at that time to have walked away. I could have avoided a whole lot of pain, but it is what it is. But the lesson learned, it was the first time and it was the last time that I dealt with somebody like him in that spirit. Unlike you, Cindy, I didn't have to, I haven't seen his karma yet. I'm still waiting on it. <laughs> or maybe it's happened to him secretly. I don't know, but I'm on standby right now. Because even though I tried to come and be a friend to him, it was the lies, the constant lies, the constant cheating, the constant, you know, disrespect. I couldn't do it. And I couldn't believe this was my friend that I knew for all these years from high school that was treating me this way. Now, I'm not saying that he had a lot of, uh, a lot of it was his fault, but it was my growing pains too, because we were young. But what I've learned over the years is when I now see that trait is, um, it's easier to detect now, like like Nellie said, first time, last time. Um, narcissistic, and just like Aunt, uh, Letitia said, you, I have narcissistic family members. I have narcissistic females. They're worse. They can be worse. Ooh, we. They're really hard to escape because women are very territorial. And they really, oh, girl, you my girl and all this stuff. And then when you start seeing funny stuff and you try to confront them about it, they're like, oh, no, girl, it's not like that. It isn't like that until you end up going running. Um, one thing I could say about a narcissist, though, is that usually they'll give you a window that you can climb out of <laughs> if they're looking the wrong way. If they're looking a different way, you can kind of get away. But I know for mine, I had to break away from him. It wasn't easy, but... Um, yeah, it's definitely a learning lesson and they're always around and they will be the night crawlers when we're all said and gone. They'll be here, but we just have to make sure we just keep protecting our spirits from them fools because I'm telling you, they ain't no joke. That's my piece on that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on the as far as the the women side. I mean, when you just can't hold yourself accountable for anything that you've done, I mean, that just is is a obvious red flag to me, like a simple apology for something that might not even be so major that you see within people. Like, let's say they accidentally spill something and they blame it on the something they spilled. Well, it was in the way. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Now that, that's like goes up there to me. That's as a red flag. You're going to blame that other entity that didn't have legs to, to spill itself. <laughs> uh, Lord. Empress Angie. Oh, I was just waiting because I'm not, I'm not new to this topic and I've already done shows on this already, but um, yeah, narcissists as well, who also are uh, abusers because I've come across that uh, probably maybe two, three times in my life. And I was hearing the other things like, yeah, they do. They do try to build you up to, to break you down. But for me, it got to the point where 
I did remember that happened almost like maybe eight years ago where I remember the guy who actually had living here and then I had to kick his ass out because I wasn't going to tolerate the bullshit, you know, making stupid comments when I got dressed and he's telling me that I have the shape of an eggplant. So I'm over here like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, all right. But from, from then on, it, it got to the point where it was like, I've noticed that like what we were saying, you know, you could tell people your your personal business, your life, and they'll try to throw it in your face or whether they're around you enough and they see what's going on. So for me, it got to the point where thanks to social media, there's a block button on phones, on 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 the, what do you call them? Like on social media, everything is a block because I feel like um, I hear what you said. Yeah, you thought I was going to hurt me. You got blocked, motherfucker, because I'm I'm past all this shit now. And it sucks because it's true, you know, you can see the red flags and you're over here like, you know what? I'm looking at it like, okay, this motherfucker right here <laughs> is a big time narcissist, but it's okay. Cause like, he's going to see me now and then he's never going to see me again. But the biggest one that I have is actually my son's father, the youngest one. Well, I'm actually going to say it on here right now. He's a piece of shit of a man and of a father because it's really disappointing and then the fact that, you know, we as people, we go through our own traumas and our own personal things, but then to grow up and be a fucking adult, and then you think you want to take it out on other people, that's just not fucking fair. His karma right now for me, that when I think about it and I see it, is that he's still not fucking stable. He's with my son, moved already five fucking times within two years, and this is the man that would talk shit and say he's got all these degrees, but he ain't got nothing. So if that's what the karma is, that's what this motherfucker got, because he ain't got shit. While I'm here in my apartment stable for the past nine, ten years, that I could have been fine, at least I have something. He doesn't have nothing, so. I am so agree with that, because I look back at the ex- and I found out all the shit that he was doing behind my back. I was like, wow, that's crazy. But, you know, right now I, I could give two shits about him. It's, it, do, it doesn't even cross my mind. But just because of the topic came up, that's one of the first pe persons I thought of. And then, I, you know, I've dealt with it in my own family as well. What's up, uh, Cindy? So betrayal is a motherfucker, right? But at the end of the day, Maxine did say something. And I will say accountability, right? So I take accountability for the moment that I found out that somehow I was masochistic. Because I was going through my own shit. I wasn't trauma free. I wasn't. Do you get what I'm saying? So not to say because I had on red, red lipstick, I needed to be great. But it was one of those moments where I said to myself, I got to do fucking better. Right. I can only blame that motherfucker so much because, you you know, you let it happen. You let it and you know fucking better because at the end of the day, any of us got daughters and sons. We would we would be ready to kill somebody. Do you get me saying somebody got died? Somebody did this to our mother or grandmother. We would try to fucking haul ass and kill them. And so I, I kind of just understood that about myself that I was like, sometimes I get in that mood. And so maybe I shouldn't be dating somebody that can just dig in deep and then I could get that. You know, the masochistic is the one that takes the pain and they, is it pleasure? No, but it's a pain that you kind of dwell in and you dwell in. And so now this person's coming to you, you're taking it like, like a punching bag and you're like, okay, I'm made for this, but 
we're not fucking punching bags. And, and, and we got to realize that for ourselves. Accountability for myself. I don't know about you ladies, but. I'm an emotional masochist. That, that's that's what you that that's why I identify as an emotional masochist. Because if a man puts his hands on me, I'm dying. I'm trying to call everybody that I know, hey, this brother just hit me where he at. But I mean, emotionally, yes, as women, we do go through that because we do feel like we built for it. But it still doesn't give the brothers uh it doesn't give a man the right to to use that against us to to make it seem like, you know, it's just like, oh. Oh, I just beat up on her emotionally, and it's oh, that made me feel good. No, man, because you wouldn't want nobody to do that to you. You wouldn't want nobody to do that to your children. You wouldn't want that nobody to do that to your mother, your sister. It's just like Queen said. And see, some of this stuff that we deal with ends up being generational curses. How you gonna feel if your karma don't come back to you, but it come back to your daughter? Exactly. And that's. Can I um, end up- yeah, go Can for I it. interrupt, Letitia? No, that yeah, was the karma. That you just triggered something. That was the karma. His daughter was the one that ended up um, receiving his karma. He had to pull her out of school because she was at school being promiscuous. Mm. The and sin, the sins of the father fall on the children. Sons, that's what happened. That was his karma, the right there. And she's all messed up in the head to this day. Yeah. So, I mean, what goes around comes around. And <laughs> eventually it'll come around. It just depends on when it wants to. <laughs> and it might not necessarily hit you. Like you said, it might hit your children. So you, you should be careful what you do to me. <laughs> Who's that song? Or it might turn around on you. Angie Stone. Is that Angie Stone? No, 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 no. Sparkle. Oh, yeah sparkle. yep yeah so yeah i thought that was interesting that he did that that was i was that was good to see the mind of someone on that level you know to that he he took it to to do that small little you know uh acting i don't know if he was acting or whatever uh but that video was uh, very telling so um, we're going to go on to the next topic, which is the crops are burning and you are on the wake up radio. Um, we are live on, on the wake up radio.com. You can call in to 844-818-4433. If you would like to join us in this conversation, you must be 18 or older. We're about to get into this burning of the crops. California farmers are destroying their own crops because they don't have enough water to keep them alive. It's a problem affecting many farmers, and eventually, it's a problem that will impact what produce you'll find at your grocery store. The, the crop in that video is asparagus, and it's, it's right here behind me right now. It is organic asparagus. Uh, the field was six years old, and it, and typically asparagus fields here in my part of the country live to nine and ten years old. Standing in the very fields he just destroyed, Joe Delboski says it was a painful decision to make. It feels terrible. Uh, you know, first of all, it is a producing field. Uh, it could have gone another three years. But what really hurts is at the end of the day is 
you know, we had about 20 people working this one field, and we have to tell them that there's no work for them next year. Water forced him to make this choice. Because this asparagus field uses a little bit more water than melons, I decided to, to uh, destroy this one and save the water that would have gone to this field for our melons. Joe owns Del Bosque Farm, situated in California's Central Valley. He says he's just a farmer, but in reality, he's farmed since the 1980s. He grew up on this land, and presidents have sought out his knowledge. Obama visited in 2014. Drought was a problem back then, too. You don't really see a, a drought as a natural disaster where something is falling down or cracking open or washing away. What you see out here in a drought is nothing. Bare land, no crop, no water, no people working there, just silence. That's what a drought is here. No food. It's, it's just deafening and, and it's, uh, it's really disheartening. And he says, you'll notice it in the stores. This is yet another drought year for California and it highlights the state's complicated water system. Water service contractors, our agricultural water service contractors are essentially at zero and our uh, M&I contractors, that is municipal and industrial, that is for cities, uh, those contracts are generally at 50%. Ernest Conant is the regional director for the Great Basin region of the Bureau of Reclamation. The Bureau of Reclamation operates in the 17 Western states and its primary mission is to deliver water and produce power um, while complying with you know, environmental laws uh, in an economical fashion. Basically, they decide who gets what amount of water and when. But here's where it gets confusing. There's contracts and water rights, some of which date back to the gold rush days. The, the problem is that in order for the economy to operate, there has to be some certainty of expectations as to what water supply is going to be available. In drought years, he says, they do what they can to help farmers like Joe get water transferred from other places. He says the federal and state government are working on repairing canals and building additional reservoirs, but it's at least five to ten years from happening. Do we have that type of time given the drought? Uh, we really have no choice. <laughs> That's what we have. Water diversion for environmental reasons is also a challenge because it takes water away from farms to support wildlife. Joe Dolboski says farms and people will have a huge problem on their hands if water systems and processes are not improved upon, especially as this isn't the first and certainly won't be the last drought. We, we've got to keep this here, this this agricultural industry in California alive. I think the country really needs the kind of food that we produce here. I'm Stephanie Stone, reporting. Well, that's hard to imagine that they have to destroy crops like that just so just because they don't have the water, the means to gain the water. I, I just never understood like how we don't have water when the world is made up totally, you know, what, 70% water or somewhere 80%? Like, I I don't understand how we're always like in this drought or don't have enough water. And then some of, some of the farmers I know are getting paid 
to destroy some of their crops. So, but it sounds like they have more of an issue with water and obtaining the water and these contracts that go back to the gold rush days. Like, dang, that's like, what kind of contract did they get? That sounds like the contract over at Fort Hood. I think they got a hundred year uh, lease over there. Like what kind of contract did, did these ha- these guys have with these water companies? Why can't they take the water from the ocean and clean it? Like, is it difficult to clean? I guess I'm not really sure on on why they're struggling. I want to know why we're worrying about wildlife when wildlife can always find a way. Why are we trying to reserve water for the animals when the animals will migrate to a water source? Right. They're going to find their way. They know how to to make do. They're, They're survivalists. Another question I have is, hasn't California always been a drought state for how long? For as long as I've known, they're always having some fires. Like it's, it looks like an apocalypse out of a movie there. The last time I went, I was like, wow, there's just burning, burning going on up in that hill right there. And it looked freakishly scary. It was kind of cool, too, but it was like, what the hell? This is what y'all deal with on a regular basis? It, that's, it's just insane to know that, that, that that's something that they they just drive by like it's nothing. Like it's, it's nothing. Like us, you know, it's like us here in Texas seeing cattle. You know I live in California, right? I live in Los Angeles. Yes, ma'am. And yes, fires and drought. And the fires, depending on where you are, um, you can go to the 405 and get them up there, Calabasas going up that way, or you can get them going the other direction. Um, but the thing is, is that there's always a way. Listen, the California farms, before he was talking about burning his crops, they were already dealing with other political issues with corporate sectors taking away from the smaller farmers to produce. So if it wasn't the drought, it would be this other thing. It always boils down to the money. Mm. That's what it always boils down to the money. There's always a way. There's always a way. But how much are are they willing to pay is the real question. No, um, we don't get our rain here maybe until about October. And then sometimes we, I think we had one year where we were above the radar as far as the drought. We did well one year. And then it was back down to the same, um, we were negative in the reserve. So my question is this, they playing with rain clouds. They're, they're making, they got heart machines making all kinds of weather catastrophes and stuff. Why aren't they using that heart machine or areas like that that deal with drought every year. Like it would make more sense for them to use that heart machine to see cloud seed or do whatever it is that they do and create the rain that needs to be had over there in, in those drought areas so that they will no longer be drought areas. They won't be drought zones anymore. Like they will be able to thrive. Well, here's a fun fact about California, right? Here's a fun fact about California. We're the richest state out of all the 50 states, yet we have the highest deficit out of all the states. So 
we're very funny about where we're going to put our dollars in the state. We say, oh, forget the roads. We're going to just build a whole bunch of apartments that nobody's going to live in. I don't know how they come up with how they're, how they're going to allocate the dollars. But we Sounds have like the highest deficit. So, mm -hmm. I was about to say, it sounds like they're spending money on bullshit. I agree. Because <laughs> they've borrowed Always. Damn money from the federal government. It's ridiculous. And, you and know. They don't even, but but if they're the richest state in, in this country. Why would they even need a stimulus from the government? Like, y'all get money from the, 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 the movies that are made out there. The attractions, the events, like they have a lot of things going on in California. I was just going to say, we also have a high homeless population out here, too. Now, that's where the stimulus needs to be going. That should be the only thing that in water, that in the drought situation should be what their money should be focusing on. Getting those people off the street and into a stable living environment and making sure that y'all have what y'all need so that y'all can grow crops. All the extra stuff, like you said, building apartment complexes that nobody stay in. What y'all at? Like, what is it? Like one one million? Y'all have one million citizens in California right now without a home? Across the city, the tents stretch everywhere. From Hollywood to Venice Beach, scenes from what could be a disaster movie. Now, a seemingly permanent fixture on the streets of Los Angeles. If you're not shocked by what you see, then I, I don't know what you would be shocked by. When COVID first hit, the city stopped large-scale cleanups at most encampments to keep the virus from spreading. That's when residents say things changed. People shooting up, urinating out in the open, vomiting. Officials here last counted more than 66,000 experiencing homelessness in January 2020. But that was before the pandemic struck and hundreds of thousands of Angelinos lost their jobs. Since then, our partners on NBCLA's investigative team have captured these images showing a situation spiraling out of control. Trash spilling into traffic, tents taking over intersections, stretches of the iconic Venice boardwalk now resembling a refugee camp. It's a reality no one is comfortable with. This is my home. Chanel Grace has been homeless for three years. This city has a lot of cleaning up to do. They're doing it so wrong. They're making it harder for us to want to even do any better for ourselves. A few blocks away, restaurant owner Janet Zuccarini also feels betrayed. It's a problem for people living under these conditions. And it's a problem for people living in this area, visiting in this area, and people that have small businesses. Both the housed and unhoused say politicians have turned their backs on them. We were able to get 100%. We met Mayor Eric Garcetti at a transitional tiny home shelter the city just opened three months ago. These 39 homes, 64 square feet each, costing taxpayers $5.4 million. This parcel, though, cost $5 million. Parcel was free. We owned it. But yeah, to build everything up, it was about $5 million. But think about it. 39 this. units. Correct. But that's something that can be recycled year after year after year. Everybody can point to the cost of building things. I point to the cost of not building things. Tapping into state and federal money, Garcetti has proposed nearly a billion dollars to combat the crisis, the largest ever in the city's budget. 
The mayor wants to utilize funds from Proposition Triple H, a bond program overwhelmingly approved by voters in 2016 to create up to 10,000 permanent housing units over a decade. But with only 700 completed, Garcetti's plan has come under fire. A 2020 audit criticized the program for long delays and rising costs, finding the average unit cost $558,000 to develop. Are you getting behind, though, in your goals? No, we're not. We're actually exceeding the goals of what we've set out to build. But that doesn't mean that homelessness necessarily goes down in America. It's like uh, being in the boat and getting bigger and bigger you know, containers to bail the water out. But critics say local leaders still aren't acting fast enough. Fed up, a federal judge ordered the city and county to provide housing for every unsheltered person on Skid Row by mid-October. Both have appealed. Dealing with homelessness is not for the faint of heart. It's not a place to get credit, and it's not a place that there's easy solutions. Uh, if I had a dollar for every time somebody said, I know how to solve homelessness, I'd be a millionaire. Suzette Shaw says receiving permanent housing with supportive services was a game changer for her. If you were to see a picture of me five to six years ago, you would not even know me. Homeless on Skid Row for four years, Shaw says any plan must include long-term mental health treatment. I remember my first doctor saying to me that, you know, how long did it take you to get in this situation? Well, then it's going to take you at least that long or more to get out of it. While change here may not come overnight, all can agree the urgency and desperation are mounting. I just can't understand how a country would allow people to live like this. As more tents go up every day. Close to two? Yep. So, see, now this is, I don't know, this is where the Nat Turner to me comes in at. Why we ain't kicked the door in on them apartment buildings that they ain't using and just moved in? Some of them they did. In some parts they did. I feel like all one million of the brothers and sisters uh, and, and even the other people that are out there homeless, I feel like all of them need to just go kick in all the doors of all these buildings that are not occupied and say, hey, y'all ain't trying to help us, so we just helped ourselves. Send us the light bill, send us the water bill, we'll get it paid, but we ain't going nowhere. Remember, they just lifted the ordinance for the um, for you not to uh, pay your rent. So we're oh, about to see a bigger drought, a bigger homeless drought, no, a bigger homeless problem. Out. They just extended it out to October. Oh, okay, okay. Because yeah. I know that was ending Saturday. Yeah, they um they the put out a notice. Yeah, they put out a notice saying they're going to extend it okay, to October. Businesses may be back open, but many people still don't have jobs. No job means they can't pay their rent, and in turn, landlords don't have money to pay their bills. Our ABC tenants reporter Adam Rakusen looks at the new relief programs passed by the state to help both tenants and landlords get through the next few months. Oh, what a year and a few months it's been. For some, this pandemic will be nothing more than a memory, a historic time that they live through. For others, it's a time that pushed them and their families to the brink of physical and financial collapse. It's been an emotional roller coaster. I don't want to tell my kids we're going to have to live in a van, but it's nerve wracking. Not just for the people who needed a job to pay the rent, but for the landlord who needed that rent money to pay back a loan. It's cheaper for us to live than supporting this other family in our other house. The state, local counties, and cities have each been through different iterations of eviction moratoriums and rent relief programs. 
the most recent coming last week. Just as time was about to run out on the state's efforts, lawmakers cut a deal to extend California's eviction moratorium and rent relief. Anybody that has been impacted by COVID that owes rent going back to last April, not just this April, last April, we will pay 100% of that rent. We'll also pay that rent 100% of it going forward uh, through September. According to the National Equity Atlas, about 758,000 households in the state are behind on rent. The NEA's research says that equals about $3.5 billion. On a smaller level, the average families are behind on their rent is about $4,700. The bottom line is this is to support struggling Californians, whether they be small mom and pop landlords, which is the percentage of landlords or the tenants who are struggling and want to make sure they've got some stability. Senate pro tem Tony Atkins was instrumental in getting the rent relief program done. She says it allows tenants to access rental funds directly if their landlord chooses not to participate. It also makes sure landlords can get money, even if their otherwise income-qualified tenants have already vacated a unit. I think there were people that still, and there may still be people that don't know they're eligible for this and that there are protections in place for both the landlord and the tenant. For some landlords, an extension is not what they were looking for. Many landlords have not received any rent since March of last year. Deborah Carlton is with the California Apartment Association. She says most landlords have five units or less, meaning non-payments could impact their ability to stay afloat. In some cases, they've dealt with tenants who couldn't pay and didn't, taking advantage of the situation. The new law will add some protections for landlords. Now what we're going to find out very soon is as landlords apply for funding, if tenants don't apply, we know that they probably don't qualify and or they will apply and the state or local government's going to tell them you don't qualify. Adam Rakusen, ABC 10 News. If you are a tenant or a landlord that needs help, you can call the number on your screen right there at the bottom of the screen or you can head to our website and look for this story under the tab. Well, you want to shut everything down again and stuff. So why, why would you assume that people are going to be able to go work like they were doing before. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. But the whole water thing, that, like you said, wh why are they worried about these natural, you know, the natural habitats of, of the animals? They know how to go get water. They're, they're, they have natural instincts to go do that. So I don't know if this is a PETA thing or, or what what's going on. I know they're, they're a bunch of tree huggers there because, you know, a lot of them have migrated here to Texas is their second home so we got a lot of them here in austin but they need to send the tree huggers over to the drought zones and tell them go over there and hug them trees and see if you can get some water to come out maybe they can they can get some water out of them trees empress cindy <laughs> i know you said you know what the, the the most fucked up part is and let's keep it a buck y'all they ain't got no love for us. We are mouth breathers. They trying to depopulate this motherfucker. You know, I would say, you know, the Congo has an unlimited water supply. But Nestle has power over it, which means the people can't get to it. What do you think they're doing here then? You get what I'm saying? They're water supplies. What do you think they're doing? Like, 
they own so you can't collect rainwater Here's a question for you should water be considered public property well what if we're talking about rainwater that you're collecting on your own property an oregon man was sentenced to 30 days in jail for collecting rainwater on his personal property well according to a decades-old law that's the government's water and he broke the law join us right now to share his story is gary harrington and uh legal advisor pal constitutional researcher dominic Nader. they both joined us today from portland oregon good morning to you guys Good morning. So, Gary, the state of Oregon says you are a water thief, right? Isn't that terrible? Boy, <laughs> we've had these ponds for 37 years, and uh, they were designed and uh, built for the purpose of water, uh, fire protection. And they've been used for fire protection uh, four or five different times by three different agencies and uh, to, to protect homes, mm -hmm. protect um, property. But yet now... They want to drain them. They're why? putting them in jail for Dominic, it. why? Well, it's an overreach of the law. They, they're saying that the diffused water that runs across the property can't be collected by Gary for the use of this, and that's totally outside of the definition of the law itself. And any time there's a law that, that has an uh, overreach like this, it's up to the jury, actually, to decide the law and the fact. And that's the, what's, what's happened here is actually uh, an action that's breaking his civil rights because... The jury was disallowed from hearing this. The very fact that would stop his case from finding guilty and, and from finding him guilty, they were denied to hear it. Well, it just does and, seem so crazy. And we're looking at some video of uh, firefighters taking some of the water out yeah. of your pond to use on an adjacent property owner's fire. Well, it all comes down to, Gary, they say that there's a 1925 law there in Oregon that gave, gives the Water Commission all the rights to the water. And apparently that includes water that just is naturally flowing to your property or occurring on your property, right? Well, that's, that's, not, that's true. not true. That's not true. That's where the misapplication is. It, that's what it the says state tributaries. Says. Yes, it says tributaries. It doesn't say anything about rainwater. It specifically excludes the others because it defines what is but, a tributary. But guys, what I'm trying to get at is why do they want to drain the ponds? For what benefit? We're in the prime season of fire season. I mean, look at Colorado, everywhere else it's burning right now, and they want to put him in harm's way, and they're going to charge a $100,000 fine, up to $100,000, if the fire goes off his property right. onto another person's property. How is that justice? So it's, it's big government getting greedy. Yeah. No, this is, clearly, this is clearly a misapplying of a law. That's why the jury has the right to strike a law down in this case. If a law is inappropriate in a given case, the jury has the right to do this, and the jury doesn't know this. And when they're precluded from hearing this, from, from understanding this, how can they be a fair jury? Yeah. How uh, can they be a fair trial for it? So, Gary, are you going to report to jail? Oh, if I have to, yes. And I'll pay the fine. But, boy, I'm just going to fight like crazy to, to keep the water in the ponds. No, the I only thing he did wrong, the only thing this guy did wrong was stand up for what's right. Sure. I mean, he's guilty for standing up for what's right. What's well, next? We go out in the wintertime on Gary's property, and you open your mouth and catch a snowflake, and the state's going to say you're the containment, and that's their water? Are they going to start regulating our, our air that we uh, breathe? Eventually. Next, solar panels and sunlight? It's, it's well, it seems like a crazy story, and uh, we're sorry that you're going uh, through this, Gary. Maybe we'll uh, pay you a visit in the slammer. <laughs> Hopefully you won't be well, there too long. Well, so we, guess what? That harp shit's out the way. Because, you know, as, as a surviving human, you'd be like, okay, let me collect this water. Oh, no, you're going to jail, motherfucker. Go ahead and collect that water they made with harp, and you're going to jail. That's actually a law. I was like, 
they made an agreement with God, uh, the creator. Like, I, I'm trying to understand, like, how we can't get water and we're made up of water. Let it okay. be. Right? Okay. And then the seeds, Monsanto owned the seeds. You can't sell the seed unless you tell Monsanto. They don't even make seeds. Like, it was a billion here. dollar globally operating biotech agriculture giant takes on a 76 year old American farmer based in Indiana. Vernon Bowman's entire life is his 65 acres of land, run with machinery he jokingly refers to as junk. Monsanto, the corporation behind dozens of lawsuits involving farmers all over the world, creates and sells at three times the price of regular crops, genetically modified soybeans able to resist weed killers. The company demands that farmers repurchase these Roundup Ready soybeans for every plant. The seeds cannot be saved and reharvested. Hey, we got a farmer up here that's uh... Uh, raising uh, beans that's got Roundup in it, and the judge said he wasn't supposed to. After purchasing the soybeans once, Bowman later bought more at a grain elevator and replanted them to save money later in the season. All my life, myself and other farmers have been able to go to grain elevators and buy grain and plant it. He assumed this was fine to do because there are no trademark logos on each seed, just on the bags you buy. They're a little round bean about a quarter of an inch round in diameter. Now you can't go put a patent number on them, can you? The farmer's main argument is that soybeans self-replicate, while Monsanto and the courts claim he intentionally reharvested the seeds season after season without paying the patent owners. We all knew it'd be nine to nothing. According to U.S. courts, this farmer wasn't playing by the rules. The Supreme Court ruled unanimously for Monsanto. The issue is simply, did I infringe on their product? And I see no way that I infringed on them. And, and of course, uh, uh, all crooks feel they're right, right? The U.S. justice system said Bowman used the blame the bean defense, pirating a patent while claiming to simply be reusing a crop. A corporate giant versus a veteran farmer battle it out all the way up to the Supreme Court in a case over crops patents. With a variety of possible interpretations of the law, judges rule against the farmer, demanding that he pay tens of thousands of dollars worth of damages. The fine, $85,000, money that Bowman says he simply does not have and never will. His lawyers work pro bono on the case. While the Supreme Court says each case is individual, concerns peak about how much of a precedent it will set, affecting individual farmers and the future of agriculture versus biotechnologies moving forward. I heard when I was a little kid that progress leads to destruction. I never paid any attention to it, but I'm beginning to look now. Maybe it does. I don't know. But let's keep it a hundred. We live in a fucked up. Everything is about uh, capitalism is who they pray to. Right. No hate. It's about the money. And if you ain't got the money to pay for the heart machine to let it rain tomorrow, then it ain't going to happen. Like. Like, a bitch won't give you a lap dance if you ain't going to make it rain for her. You get what I'm saying? That type of shit. So, that's that's the, the fucked up people that, and they're not people. Whatever the fuck they are, aliens, are, they are here monsters, to destroy us. Monsters. We are nothing to them. We're mouth breeders. But my question was, like, what are we going to do? If in the next six months, there's nothing on the shelves, what? Uh, us ladies, right? Us ladies. Because now... 
when people hear this, they're able to kind of go, let me start working on it now. You know, a bitch done started hitting up Costco. I ain't even going to lie to y'all. I see people out there in those food pantries, you know, long lines in New York City, long lines at these churches. And people are just like, some people don't even care. Oh, I don't eat that. Oh, I don't want that. I don't. Listen, you're going to need something because guess what you can't eat? In the words of Jackie, you can't eat money. You're going to need some nourishment so you don't fucking wild out, hallucinate, and fuck somebody up. It will be the purge out here. If you're not eating, he who controls the food controls the population. Thank you, Henry Kissinger. At a time where government surveillance and online spying are par for the course, it's no surprise that some Americans want to opt for a more private lifestyle, away from the tech-driven habits of modern consumerism. Going off the grid is a growing trend among people who want to limit their carbon footprint and don't want to be indebted to oil, water, and gas companies. And while it's a nearly impossible feat to estimate the exact number of Americans currently living this alternative lifestyle, according to a 2006 study by Home Power magazine, some 180,000 families live off-grid, a figure that has jumped 33% every year for a decade. And you know, it doesn't seem like that would pose much of a threat. After all, thousands of homes supplying their own power puts less strain on the existing power grid. However, we can't have someone living outside the matrix, which is why there is a concerted effort to crack down on this type of sustainable living. Which is exactly what happened last year at the Garden of Eden community in Arlington, Texas, which was raided by SWAT officers. And while the community wasn't shut down permanently, the police raid signaled that state opposition to an off-the-grid lifestyle is very real. This has also been the case for Robin Sparanis, a Florida woman who redesigned her house to be fully self-sustaining, collecting rainwater and using solar power to run her appliances. But this didn't sit too well with city officials in Cape Corral, Florida, who took Robin to court, demanding that she be hooked up to the city's electrical and sewer services. What's worse is that the judge in this case, Harold Eskin, recently ruled that Sparanis is, in fact, required by law to hook up to the city's water system. In other words, she was found guilty of not choosing to be dependent on corporations for the basic services she was already providing for herself. Makes perfect sense. But Sparanis is only one of many of these types of cases occurring all over the country. And it's no surprise considering the growing trend of people wanting to escape modern society. In Oregon, 65-year-old Gary Harrington was actually sentenced to 30 days in jail and fined $1,500 for simply collecting rainwater. City officials cited a 1920s law that gave the county full ownership of runoff water, lining him with nine misdemeanor charges because apparently you need a license to own rain. Here he is standing in front of one of the illegal ponds on his property. And just last year, after refusing to destroy his ponds, Harrington was found in violation of the law yet again for appropriating water without a permit. This landed him yet another jail sentence, only this time it was for 90 days. Listen, instead of cracking down on these people, they should be commended and serve as examples for the rest of us and how we can all live more sustainable and potentially more fruitful lives. Because cooperating with nature might be the last chance we have to save the planet for ourselves. And it's an activity that should never be punished by utility companies that do just the opposite. And it is a part of the depopulation agenda as well. So we know they're trying to get rid of a lot of the food so that, you know, we have a scarcity and then, you know, people end up dying from starvation. Every 10 seconds, a, a child dies from starvation in the world. So it, it's it's no, you know, secret 
that we know what they're up to. So, but, um, yeah, interesting topic. Uh, I want to make sure everyone knows to go to on the wake up radio.com call 844-818-4433. You can check our podcast out at otwtube.com. I'm here with Empress Angie, Empress Maxine, Nellie, and Empress Monica has joined us. Welcome, sister. All right, so this is the great water grab. Wall Street is buying up the world's water. It says following is one of the most comprehensive overviews of the bottled water issue, which includes our backdoor grab attempt by one of the world's largest bullies and despoilers. Be sure to watch the excellent video. It says, read the complete article here at this. Um, let's see. It says, written by contributor. It says, November 17, 2019. Joe Yang reports on how Wall Street banks like Citigroup and multi-billionaires are buying up water sources all over the world at unprecedented pace. Simultaneously, governments are moving fast to limit citizens' ability to become water self-sufficient. Also, also read an investigative report from The Guardian, Liquid Assets, How the Business of Bottled Water Went Mad. It says, Joe Yang, Global Research, a disturbing trend in the water sector is accelerating worldwide. The new water barons, the Wall Street banks, Elitist multi-billionaires are buying up water all over the world at an unprecedented pace. Familiar mega banks and investing powerhouses such as Golden, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan Chase, Citigroup, UBS, Duchess Bank, Credit Suisse, Macquarie Bank, Barclays Bank, the Blackstone Group, Alliance, and HSBC Bank, among others, consolidating their control over water. Wealthy tycoons such as T. Boone Pickens, former President George H.W. Bush and his family, Hong Kong's Lee Kang-shing, Philippines Manuel V. Oh, oh man, all these names. <laughs> um, Pangilinan and other Filipino billionaires. And others are also buying thousands of acres of land with aquifers, lakes, water rights, water utilities, and shares in water engineering and technology companies all over the world. The second distributing trend is, is that while the new water barons are buying up water all over the world, governments are moving fast to limit citizens' ability to become water self-sufficient, as evidenced by the well-publicized Gary Harrington's case in Oregon, in which the state criminalized the collection of rainwater in three pounds located on his private land by convicting him on nine counts and sentencing him for 30 days in jail. Let's put this criminalization in perspective. Billionaire T. Boone Pickens owned more water rights than any other individuals in America, with rights over enough of the Ogallala Aquifier to drain approximately 200,000 acre feet or 65 billion gallons of water a year. But ordinary citizen Gary Harrington cannot collect rain, rainwater runoff on 170 acres of his private land. It's a strange new world order in which multi-billionaires and elitist banks can own aquifers and lakes, but ordinary citizens cannot even collect rainwater and snow runoff in their own backyards and private lands. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty deep detailed article. It's oh my gosh, he's done a lot of research. Yeah, I I know they're trying to hide something. If you can't collect rainwater, they don't want you to see what's in that shit. So we definitely gotta 
pay pay attention and be stocking up on water. Apparently they're water grabbing, so we need to be water grabbing. And and that's a part of prepping, you know. It's important that we do that. And I see that she um posted something about the moon wobble effect, the flood threat. Um this comes from Empress Jackie. Um she wasn't be able to make it with, online with us today, but we are we still have her presence in spirit. Thank you Empress Jackie. Um, moon's natural wobble could bring coastal floods as sea level as sea level rises. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So we are on the wakeupradio.com with producer Cindy Ashby, and now we're going to move along to privacy in dating. How far will you go to keep your dating private? I saw this on the internet. The lady asked, if you have to Photoshop your significant other's face out of the photo, maybe you shouldn't post them? Like, this is a little extreme. Look at this, y'all. <laughs> she said, don't mess with my man. I'm going to when I make it to you. Listen, she said, you won't ever talk to my man. You won't ever see my man. I'm Photoshopping his face. I'm Photoshopping his Hands out the picture. You don't know who I'm with. I might be dating a mannequin, but you mannequin't see him. <laughs> oh, girl. She zoomed in and got the lips out. You don't know if he's black or white. You can assume, but you don't know. Baby girl is dating John Cena. You can't see my man. You don't know my man. This mine. That's mine. I'm going to stick beside him. She saw Issa Rae wedding pictures and was like, oh, okay, you ain't going to unveil your husband until you actually married. How about I ain't going to unveil my man never, ever. He is a ghost, an apparition. You can't see him is the point. The combination of privacy, but also let me let you know that I'm not single out in these streets. Is hilarious. She can't decide. Do I want you to know I have a man? Yes. Do I want you to know what he looks like? No. Is this to protect herself? Maybe. Protect him? I don't know. You can't say nothing about it if you don't know what he looks like. All you know is he likes periwinkle blue. And I could have chose that for him. I just want you to never forget this image. Her kissing the lips of a man that has been blurred out. She dating the clear man. Don't, don't forget, ladies. It's serious. Oh my God, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I don't even understand that, but it's so fucking funny. It reminds me of the Invisible Man. <laughs> the, Angie, what, what do you think about this? I just find it hilarious. Um, I mean, it sucks because I've known sometimes on social media, I see um, posts or memes that says, you know, like keep your keep your life private keep whatever you're doing like i guess if whether you know success money wise it always says about keeping it private so yeah that's what she basically did she took it to a whole nother level she's like here's my man <laughs> but y'all not gonna see how he looked like but just know that i have somebody um and it's funny because there was a situation where there's somebody that i know and a girl he went out with this girl right so he went out he took this girl out to eat for her birthday and then the funny thing was is that she tagged him 
in the photos and you know how i don't know if well i'm assuming half of us here have facebook but uh once you tag someone you got the option of either you know posting it on your page or just not accepting it so one thing he didn't notice was that even though he didn't accept it on his page the pictures were still in his photo section so it was one of those things like he didn't want nobody on his page to see like what he was doing so it was just like look i'll put you in this section here but i can't have everybody seeing you know what's going on what we went and did here so i'm just kind of like and it's funny because i guess she didn't get the hint of like you tagged him he doesn't want nobody to see the pictures of you both together and it was kind of pictures that if you saw it you would think they were together as a couple so i don't know i guess everybody has their own little you know privacy thing of what they're you know what i mean what they want people to see and mm-hmm. you know so what about you empress monica i i don't know what the deal is with that i've never seen that before yeah that's a that's a first for me now i i've also seen couples go as far as to have like a shared facebook page or a shared instagram so you know, some of them want to showcase everything they're doing. Um, and some people, yeah, personally, I don't think I would have even posted that picture instead of erasing him like that. Uh, yeah, that that's a bit much. I mean, just to go that far, just to have a picture up, like, come on. Yeah, somebody, I guess, put in a comment he was supposed to be at work and <laughs> she shaded him out because he would have got called out at work. <laughs> what, what about you, Empress Maxine? I see you smiling. <laughs> That's Cindy's comment. She said, here today, gone tomorrow syndrome, literally. <laughs> but first of all, number one, I thought somebody said, um, no face, no case. I saw the caption. Oh, yeah. No face, no case. But the thing is that if you have to be in a relationship that you have to hide the person, then that's not a relationship. Why post it, period? Yeah. And wearing that blue suit, I'd be hiding his ass, too. She must have bought that suit. <laughs> it, it's not worth it. It's like, are you in a relationship or are you not? You're married. you dating the invisible man. Now you've caused more stuff. Now people are going to really be trying to investigate you and they're going to find out who he is and guess what they're going to do? They're going to post his picture with his face. And yeah, what if he does? He might have a woman. Shit. I'm sure he does. Of course he does. Of course he does. It's like you hide. What's the purpose of of posting and hiding his face? Like, what do you think, Empress Cindy? Now you're talking my language. You say he got another woman. Listen. People be married out here, lying and shit. I ain't with her no more. But don't put me <laughs> in the motherfucking picture, right? And then it, then there's even the thing where sometimes you, some, somebody will be in, I know a lot of sisters that have been in relationships. You see the man in the timeline. Oh, we're engaged, we're engaged. And boom, that happened to me once too. It was like, we're engaged. And then motherfucker went, di- that's why I said, here today, gone tomorrow. Because now you're like, fuck. Right, because then people look at him and be like, "What happened to that dude?" Okay, this new dude. Okay, now there's, you know what I'm saying? So you, now you got to pull back on yourself, right? So how many, how many dudes did she really post before him? And at this point, she's like, "Nah, fuck that. I'm not posting him until I know it's for sure, for sure." 
I know people that post rings that they bought. Do you get what I'm saying? They bought the ring for the man to get engaged. The man didn't buy no ring. Man was like, oh, yeah, I don't buy rings. You got to buy the ring for us. Bruh, I ain't even grow up in that era. When I hear shit like that, I'll be like, really? You had to buy the ring? What would he do? You know what I'm saying? Like, what does he do? Oh, he's so amazing. Is it King Dingaling? Well, he sleeps a lot. He not even King Dingaling. God damn. Like, you just losing, losing, losing every fucking way. So, eh, yeah. Yeah. Dickmatized. Empress Nelly, you want to you wanna chime in on this? Are y'all sure y'all want me to say what I'm about to say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I see it written all over your face. Let it rip. So if Shorty just if Shorty want to date the invisible man, she go right on here. I will say that as soon as like sister says somebody gonna find out and they're gonna post it, as soon as that face gets posted up, everybody and their mama gonna come out the woodworks. He's gonna have a girlfriend, he's gonna have a wife, he's gonna have a baby mama, he's gonna have a mistress, he's gonna have a, a fiance, he's gonna have everything. And Look, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. That's facts. Like somebody had to see him walk out of the house at some point that morning. Somebody seen him. Okay, for real, for real. Somebody should have just put the caption up there to say, "Whose man's is this? Have you seen this suit before? You look like you're about six two, six three. Might be dark skin. Might be light skin. Yeah, he might be no skin." That too. <laughs> he might be a stud. I didn't even think about that, Queen. That's a tall ass damn stud, though. I mean, they, that's, they, that's a tall stud. There's some that comes come that way. I mean, mm, I have some tall women in my family. I got the short end of the stick, but I don't know. I was like, I, I don't know what that could be. Yeah, it, who knows? What do you say? A mannequin? <laughs> Could be that too. Oh. I just know at the end of the day, she been better off just saying she might as well just put a text post up there. She didn't even have to put a picture up there. She should just said me and my man's was out and just left it at that. You ain't had to put no picture on there. Ain't no validation. Just, just me and my man's is out. That right there, drag action city all day. I, I can't wait for. Go ahead, Empress. Oh no, I was about to say I, I would be surprised if that post go viral. But go ahead. Can't wait till the follow-up video when they show his picture. That's all I wanted to say. Uh, no, the internet Angie, you are right. The internet is undefeated. That segues us into inappropriate or appropriate affection towards your, your own child. So let's see what this is all about. This is rapper 42 Doug. Somebody said they commented that he needed to have CPS called on him. I think he lives in Atlanta. But anyway, um, regardless of where he lives, he's kissing the, the, the young just child on the neck, but his tongue is out. And it's oh. almost like he's licking his, his, he's licking the neck of his son. And then he kisses him. And so he posted this not too long ago. And several people have made comments about the way that appears inappropriate. 
and, and what is appropriate affection for our children and should we display this type of affection towards our children and if if so should you be posting this even i mean i don't know i i don't know to me it's a bit much in my opinion what he's doing um you know he could have kissed him on the neck with all without all that licking of the tongue um but i mean y'all can definitely uh chime in at any point here i i, I can't even look at it anymore so um since I'm already off mute, I'll go ahead. I play with my children, but I don't play with them like that. That right there is some things that you do with a woman or an adult. You don't do them type of things like that with your child. I I, I just can't. It, it's, it's, I'll be looking for my phone. Yeah, I need somebody to go check on this, please. Because um, I call them family members. Hey, y'all know about this? Are y'all okay with it? Like, that. that's just... I don't know. That, that, that just don't look right to me at all. Like, that tongue just don't... Look, I seen that tongue. And that ain't the tongue that you have with a baby at all. Right. No. Don't do all that tonguing of the. I've never heard heard of anyone doing that, and I, I even try to be cognizant of different cultures and how they, you know, how they move. Like we were talking last week about bathing. There's people who take a bath once a, a week, but I've never heard of any any culture doing this. Like I wouldn't even think, even if they did it, I would think it was disgusting. I mean, I just that that to me is too much. Like biting off the penis of a child uh at birth that these these Jew Jewish people do. I'm gonna say the word. I don't give a fuck. Um you know, I who bites the, the tip of a penis off of, of a baby to circumcise them. A priest? That's disgusting. And it's just perpetuating pedophilia. And I think he's his, him doing this is is just perpetuating it too. So can we back up for a minute? Who doesn't babe once a week? <laughs> Like, there, the are some, there are certain cultures, especially Middle Eastern or Indian cultures, they, they only bathe once a week and they douse themselves in p- perfume. Um, you cannot cover up that funk with no damn perfume. That just makes it worse. Oh, I used to have patients complain about it. They're like, can you not send that nurse back in here? Because I've worked with several different, or, you know, different cultures of nurses. And that's what they do. Some of them, and I would have to to notify the charge nurse or the management about the complaint. I mean, if a patient doesn't want them in the room, but I know this kind of off topic. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I ain't finished yet. I'm sorry, but I ain't finished yet. I have questions. What is she doing? She her cycle start. You cannot tell me that. Man, look, there cannot be people running around here on their cycle and they're not washing their ass. That I'm done. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Let, let's go back. Let's okay. get back on topic. Okay. I'm done. Um, Empress Maxine, what are your thoughts on on the affection? I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to pass it. I want everybody to be open with how they feel about it. Very pedophiliac move that he did. I mean, he stuck all his tongue out there like he was licking his woman. 
That's not normal. That is not normal. And the fact that he did that lets me know that maybe someone did that to him and now they see it as normalcy. That shit ain't normal at all. So yeah, I know he got backlash and ding on that because that was gross. And even the poor child felt uncomfortable like, ew, why are you doing that? See, all this, this is what we were talking about the other day, that fine line between, you know, that pedophilia when they try to do all these little things and put it out there and make it like it's normal. That shit ain't normal. But I'm glad he did it on camera so now we can all see. And CPS may be going to his house if they didn't already. I think somebody did already report him. I'm not sure, but I'm sure that someone... Someone did of the millions of people that saw that it went viral. So did anyone else want to add into this? Yeah. Um, there was another post. I want to say it came out maybe last year or a couple of years ago uh, where it was another dad, but he, it was with his daughter and uh, he was kissing her on the lips and then he was sucking on her bottom lip and Again, if if there's nobody around to teach these young parents what's appropriate and what's not, then yeah, the, the cycle's gonna continue. Cause I know that that video and this one both just very inappropriate. Like <clears throat> just as a rule as a kid, I would never kiss, you know, or I'd never felt comfortable with an adult that was even trying to kiss me on the mouth. So I would always squirm run away whatever and i would never do that to my own kids like just kiss them on the mouth like full frontal kiss like to me that's something that adults do you know um yeah this something right and something needs to be checked and some therapy needs to be in in enacted yeah yeah they need some parenting uh classes or something I know they they provide them in the state of Texas. I I don't know Georgia uh, how that works. I think they would do that there as well, just to teach him, you know, the appropriate affection towards a child. So, Empress Cindy. So I really didn't. I didn't. Oh shit! Dropping stuff. My bad. I really I didn't see the tongue. That's why I kept playing. I was like, is that his tongue? Like a llama. Like a camel. Like, what the fuck? And that's what threw me. I thought at first, when I first watched it, I was like, oh, it's just a guy kissing his son's neck. His kid's not happy with it. And then I thought about the fact that tickling can go too far. Y'all know about tickling, right? Oh, yeah. Right? And so I'm not saying women don't do certain things because there are women out here sleeping with the children and the fucking teachers doing it. Bring her apple and she give you some ass. Right. I get that. But I don't know if certain men realize that there are things that go too far that make children feel uncomfortable, boy or girl. That tickling, too much kissing. You know when you know when you're young, you don't like when old people kiss you because they smell funny, right? Because kids will tell you, "Oh, they smell funny. I don't want them touching." <laughs> you know, and I think we just have to be more cognizant, uh, and and then also tell our children, "No, you don't have to kiss nobody. No, you ain't got to hug nobody." But that's his child, right? That's his child. Yes, that's that's suppo- supposedly his son. That's that's the wild shit right there. 
that's that's the crazy part. It's like it's your child, and somebody would say, "Well, it's my child. I could do whatever I want." But that there's that line, which is at the fine line of things of just like this. This looks bad, brother. Real bad. Not Michael Jackson bad, but like horrible. Like, and how do you even begin to defend yourself? How is that love? You're going to jail, bro. Mm-hmm. Empress Angie, did you? No, I was going to say, because I've noticed, and I think, I don't know who mentioned it. Um, I don't know if it was probably Monica. Uh, about, like, I notice if we usually see on TV pictures, because you actually sometimes do see the parents giving the, their child, like, a kiss on the lips. It could be a quick kiss. I've noticed that one is is very, very common. And but the thing is that it even gets to the point as they become adults and they're still doing that to their parents as they become adults and still giving their parents a kiss on the mouth. But um, I was the one who who shared that in the group because when I saw it, I was reading everybody else's comments and a lot of people weren't they were feeling the same way. They didn't agree with it. They thought it was very like, you know, pedophile like or whatever was going on. And even I saw it and I'm just kind of like. I could get the maybe kiss the child on the neck or it could be on the face. But now when you're like licking the neck, like, why are you doing all that for? Like now it's just like you're taking it to a whole nother level. He might think it'd be okay. Don't know if anybody's ever done that to him. I don't know if he might have thought in his head this was okay. Don't know. But um, yeah, it just doesn't it just doesn't look right. So, yeah, I, I don't I agree. It didn't look right at all. So wait, remember when Will Smith kissed his son? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that. Right, in were the mouth. Were, were you bothered by it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I seen it. I It didn't bother me. It was weird. And I said to myself, why didn't that? And his son was like, oh, like, ugh. Right? Because I'm not, I have teenagers. And I'll say, give me a kiss. And they're like, ah, get away from me. Because they get to a certain age. They're not two, three years old no more. They're not newborn babies. They're like, I need my fucking space, bitch. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I get it. Yeah, and and I I definitely understand that, you know, that affection is there for children, your child and stuff. And I've definitely done the, where you give a kiss to your child, but there's a, a fine line. Like, you're not tugging them down or putting your lip bottom lip in their mouth and stuff like that. That's just, yeah, you're just going too far. And maybe to some people, a kiss, even a kiss on the cheek is too far. Some people, a kiss, a smooch, a little smooch on the lips is too much. So I get that definitely to each his own as far as that goes, but it definitely, I think this, because it went viral, it definitely hit a nerve, struck a nerve for a lot of people to see him, pulling his tongue out and licking his son's uh, neck like that. But um, yes, ma'am, we are uh, on the wakeupradio.com. You can call 844-818-4433. We are at the final stage of the show. And we have Cindy Ashby. We want to give a shout out to Cindy for producing this show. We have our bonus clip here. What do you bring to the table other than that pussy? 
pay every bill in this house, right? And I fix everything in this house because I'm an electrician. What do you con- what do you bring to the table as a woman? What do you realistically do other than have sex? Every lady here, I want to know what are you bringing to the table for the man that takes care of you? Here, here we go and take notes. So <laughs> what I do is I make that house that you pay for, that you pay that mortgage for, I make it at home. I cook the meals. I'm washing clothes. That's $100 a week. I, don't play with me. I, I can get a maid. No, 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 no. You see, that, you see, that's where you're going wrong. It costs more than $100 a week to have somebody cook for you, to have somebody clean up after you. Because a lot of times you men become our children. All right. We dress y'all. We pick out y'all clothes. We cook for y'all. The men complain that they, it started off that way, but then they start slacking. They don't do what the, the, they don't keep up with that same type of energy. And, but they expect the man to keep that same energy of pro- continuing providing in that aspect. So you, I'm hearing the complaints. So you can speak for yourself, but a lot of women say, I don't want to cook. Let's backtrack. I make a house a home. All the furniture you get to come home and, and lay up on, I pick that shit out. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, 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 when the paper towels go 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 away in the bathroom, you know who goes to the store to get them? You know who gets on Amazon to get that? All the shit that you don't even think about that makes your life easier, I do that. Let me ask you a question, right? Everything that you're telling me can be bought. Guess what? I can have an assistant order me paper towels and toilet paper and groceries on Amazon. Actually, I get Whole Foods delivered to my house weekly. It's a subscription. I get meal preps every week. My meal preps is $120 and I get three meals a day. I make myself my own breakfast. That's four square meals. I have another cleaning lady. She charges me $100 a week to come clean. You are only saving me $600. What are you bringing outside? Listen, if you ask a man, what is he bringing to the table? I'm bringing a house to the table. That I can also pay for myself. Okay, but you're not. But I can. But you're not. But I can. But you're not. And you're not willing to. I am willing to. I was taking care of myself before I was married. And then you got married. I I still take care of shit. That's the thing. Listen, I'm not saying you can't make money. What I'm saying is what you're bringing... What you're bringing to this table is a service that can be paid for versus what a man has to bring to the table for your life. You can't buy somebody to buy you a home. I could buy somebody to cook and clean for my house. I can't buy a person to come give me a house, give me a car, take care of me, and make sure all my bills but are I in the house. I can do that. That's what I eat. I'm not saying that you can't. I'm saying that you're not. I'm going to interject here. <laughs> can I do that? Hmm. What do you bring? What do you bring to the table besides that coochie? <laughs> we kind of talked about this behind the scenes in the chat. So yes, yes, uh, we did. What do what do we bring to the table besides coochie? What do men need outside of something they can pay for? So was that you that responded to me when I asked that question? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so what you said was valid. Basically, sure, it's about being supportive. Like at the end of the day, it's the only thing that we can bring because sure, they can go pay for pussy too. So it's got to be about what you bring to that person to build them up. It can't. It can't be. It, it can't be. Well, I could clean, wash clothes, and stuff like that. That's sure. Nowadays, our sisters are raising these men up to do that shit by themselves, anyways. So, Facts. so, so, how can how can you cook and clean and washing, picking clothes out, picking furniture? No, that that's 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 not gonna keep a man. I'm sorry, that's not. 
And I've been that individual growing up, like from younger years, because I'm 41 now. I've been an individual that thought that that's all you needed was pussy to keep a man wrong. I thought that helping out with the financial situation was how you keep a man wrong. It wasn't until my narcissistic adventure, that's what we're going to call it, that I realized that I didn't have to do any of that. All I had to do was, you know, that's good, baby. Keep it up. You know, well, maybe if you do it like this, maybe it'll work. You know, just try to be supportive and stuff. But mm, uh, the narcissist didn't want that either. So it's, 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 for me, it's like, what else can we do as women to let our, our, our significant other know that we ride for them? We're down for them. Like, as long as you ain't doing no fucked up bad shit to people. I, I had to put that stipulation out there because if you're fucking over people, I can't fuck with you. Um, but it's like, now we really got to sit down and think about what do we bring to the table for our brothers in order for them to be, I guess, happy, so satisfied. I'm not actually absolutely sure what word I'm looking for right here. But I'm with you on that, Letitia. The being supportive and uplifting them and, and holding them down, I, I'm with that. Yeah, that's what's up. I mean, and I think that it it all boils down to uh, the name of our show being, you know, walking in your divine femininity, like not getting out of character just because things didn't go your way with with whatever's going on between you. Like you don't have to change up who you are in in your femi- femininity just just because someone did did you wrong in the past or bringing carrying that over into another relationship to where now that man is is paying for what the last dude did you know and and healing and and being in a healing space before you proceed into the next relationship so that you don't bring that to that that man that might be loving and caring and everything that you're looking for and yeah unfortunately we're going to have those the fools that, you know, fuck that up, but we should never let allow that to change us in walking in our goddess ship, you know, and we got to just keep it pushing and heal and be supportive. Even if, you know, that means, yeah, I can't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be talking down on, on my man just because somebody else, because I hear women talk about their, their dude or talk down on them and, and then the other women will chime in and start talking down on their men to them. And I'm like, that's not cool. Like, you going home, back home to this dude and you just talk shit about him, like to the other women. Or you, you're you disrespectful towards towards him to other people, you know. And then you go home to that, that man and, and you bring him that negative energy and shit. So... I just think we got to make sure our character stays in check, regardless of what uh, somebody else has put us through. We can't bring that hurt into the next relationship. Empress Cindy? So the best advice my uncle ever gave me at 15 was, how do you keep a man? I was only 15. He says, not only do you, you can feed his stomach, but these days, men can cook. I looked at my uncle. I said, mm-hmm. He said, you have to feed his ego. 
you feed his ego, he's coming back every time. Because ain't too many people out here feeding a black man's ego. Mm. That's true, too. Because that's a lot of what they're built around is their ego. And so knowing that you're their cheerleader and they're coming home to a peaceful home. Somebody else said that in the group. Like they don't want to. I think it was Empress Chanel. Don't, don't nobody want to come home to that arguing, fussing, and fighting, but you've been at work all day smiling in the white man's face, you know, kikiing with them, and then you come home with a bad attitude. And I'm not saying that, that the men don't do that too, but we're focused on what the women do. And so that's that's where I say we just have to hold ourselves accountable for what we do. And if that person isn't willing to, like you, you mentioned, Nelly, was a narcissist, you gave your all to that person, and they just basically turned it around and flipped it and, and screwed that up. That doesn't change you as, as being the goddess you are. You keep it pushing and move forward. And that next person that comes into your life will appreciate it more, you know? And when you're aligned with that person, with your twin flame, then you'll, you'll connect on that level and it'll be much appreciated. And you won't have, have that. You'll be able to, of course, see those red flags and not even go further once you see those flags and be like, okay, I'm not giving my all to somebody like this because he's not going to appreciate it. Empress Maxine, did you have something to add? Yeah, listening to him, it made me think about Barack Obama and Michelle. A brother like him, even though I heard what the sister was saying, well, I, I picked out the furniture on Amazon and all that. Listen, like he said, I can do all that stuff myself. And I've seen men in the grocery stores buying their own groceries. I see them out in the restaurants by themselves. What he needs is a true partner in addition to doing all that. When he comes home about dealing with corporate stuff or whatever he's doing, who's he going to bounce it off of? Can you imagine if Barack came in from a hard day and all Michelle had to say was, I, just, I fluffed the pillows for you. I made sure that the couch, you know, the stuff was clean. He needs somebody that's going to be his equal as a great partner to him. Otherwise, he's bored. Past the pussy, past the house cleaning, he's bored. And like you said, feeding the ego, feeding his ego. That's all the part of feeding. He said, Baby, you got this. You can do this. Go in there and do XYZ. He needs that mirror to him. All you're doing is plopping down and, and, and cleaning a house that you didn't even have to make the down payment on you even was you at the closing did you even understand how to read the contract when he was buying the house come on there's a lot of levels that go to when you're when you want to date someone on that level but it just seems to me though i'll say this other part is that when it comes to black women it seems like we always have to be more as well whereas maybe white women that's all they do have to do you know, they get to come home and fluff the pillows and, and husband is out there making the money. The demand is not there. But trust, believe if her man needs some some um, help dealing with those issues, I'm sure Becky going to be right up there to step up to the plate. She's just on reserve. You see what I'm, what I'm saying? Yeah. It's they more than block. Right. They stand behind yeah. him when they're cheating. I've seen that. I'm like, damn, you standing by him? Yeah. Right beside him. Because you're. And he just announced yeah. that he cheated on you. Like, they just... And they're smiling uh, on camera, exactly. holding hands and all that. They stay on Yeah, code. they're doing all that. They stay They on keep code. a united front. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and if they're going to divorce them, it's going to be behind the scenes. You're not going to see all that out in public type shit. 
You see uh, what Gates, she's getting her two billion, baby. She said, I'm going to do it in class. <laughs> yeah. Did anyone else want to chime in, Angie or Monica? Sure. Well, I was going to say, it's like funny because we could have flipped that question too and be like, what can what can he bring to the table or what can men bring to the table? Because I've been a single mother, um, single woman. I feel like I've had people, men in the picture, but never that, you know, far along. But it's like, I've been doing everything. Everything that I have here, I could say that, you know what? I bought, I did this. I have that hustle mentality because if I'm going to get the money, I'm going to do what I need to do. But it's funny for the fact that he's asking what, what can we bring? And I think somebody did mention it because I feel like it, it has to be that that support system, someone who's there to uplift and, and, and be there and be on the same page. Uh, I mean, I get it. But I mean, even myself as a, as a woman, as a mom, it's like, gosh, I, they think that being a woman or being a parent is, is not fucking easy. You should see how many fucking times I clean this apartment. I feel like it's an everyday job and I'm not even getting paid for it. So it's not like it's not easy. Like you could just say, we just sit up here and not do nothing either. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like us women, we're still doing something regardless. If we're there as the, the emotional support for that man, we're still doing something. So I would have been like, what else can he bring other than dick? Because I feel like men feel that they can get away with shit like that compared to us women. Like, hey, here's some dick. Now you'll be digmatized. Now I can sit here in your fucking house and not do a goddamn thing while you get to do everything. So why can't we ask them the same question? What the hell can you bring to this besides dick? Facts. Facts on facts on facts. Um, can, I extend that? can I extend that question and add money to that? Mm -hmm. I just, I just want to add that to that question she asked. Dick and money. Oh, I know when I was married to my narcissist, there was no money. <laughs> but um, I did want to say that, um, like Letitia was saying, as long as we're walking in our goddess ship, we, can, we will and we do provide everything that doesn't have a price. Everything he was mentioning in the video was just stuff that he can buy. He's not even thinking on the, the level of the stuff that you can't buy. You know, the support is one of it, one of the things. That connection, you know, the, the unspoken communication, like you can't buy that stuff. And if you're if you're with someone and y'all have that, like all the stuff that's nonverbal, um, you, you can't put a price on those things. I strive to, you know, hopefully have that in a relationship one day, knowing that, yeah, we are ride or die, and we still have that 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 spiritual connection you know, that ethereal connection. So that's all I wanted to add. Uh, thank you. Yeah, that's that's very important, that ethereal connection and just having that someone that you feel like you're really good friends, like you could be their best friend. I, that's one thing I loved about Kendrick Lamar and how he expressed his relationship with his woman. Um, I think they're married now, but they're very private. Um, but he, he called her his friend first and foremost, and that, that was his best friend. And to me, that meant more than anything, because he was like, that's how they see, saw themselves as they, they were, you know, young when they got together. So, um, but 
it was the fact that he was like, she's my friend more importantly than anything. And she helps him. She cheerleads him. He, you know, she's, she uplifts him, helps him with his music, stuff like that. So I think it is just, it's that stuff. Like he says, it's non-monetary items and things, character traits that we have that we bring to the table, even as your friend, you know, Empress Cindy. You know, what's so interesting is it is true. Men don't, men don't care how far we went in school. They don't care. You know, I could be doing this and everything and the kids will still be like, what's for dinner? And I'm like, Oh, I have paraplegics in my, my, but they're not, <laughs> you know? Um, and so it doesn't matter. They just expect you to do certain things. And I understand that. And a lot of times for me, it's like, okay, you brought a table and I brought a table. But okay, I will service your table still. Do you get what I'm saying? And, it, you know, because I, I don't want to have that ego thing. But sometimes I, I'll look at dudes and be like, now I have to figure out what is his most desires, right? Because that's what you want to hone in on. Because for me, I know when I want someone, I want someone that's going to keep a promise. And I know it sounds all quirky and retarded and shit, but I'm big on that because my father was like that, right? My father's like my first love and shit, right? And let me tell y'all something. My father was on drugs, heavy, cocaine, crack. But let me tell you something. If he promised, he did it. And so when I'm dating somebody and they, I'll be like, let me ask you a question. You doing drugs? No, I don't do no drugs. Listen, my daddy was on all that shit. And he said, he come to get me at 12. He come to get me at 12. So that only goes to show you a man makes things priority. He could be high. He could love pussy. If he, you are his fucking priority, you're his priority. And you have to make him your priority. But it's so hard to find people out here because everybody's for self. And don't nobody want to do nothing for nobody. Well, what he did for you. And it's not a tit for tat type of thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's really hard to connect with people. And then once you get past all the traumas, my trauma, your trauma, you know what I'm saying? And you kind of see if you can roll with them. But honestly, when they were going back and forth, I was like, I would never go back. And like, you know how stupid it sounds to be like, I ordered the stuff from Amazon. Like, bitch, I ordered stuff from Amazon too. But I've never said said it like I like I went, you know, down to the post office and I had to drag it here type shit. You know, put the bedpost on my back type shit. So my whole thing is like, sometimes some females be doing the utmost and they have nothing to offer but pussy, but pussy isn't enough. It ain't wet enough. It ain't tight enough. It ain't even that thing for them. And so a lot of it is, it's all in your head. It's a mental thing. And I know brothers that, oh my God, let me tell y'all a story. So there was a brother that told me he was sleeping with this uh, Dominican chick. And he said, every time they had sex, he said she would come. Oh, Papi, all that shit, right? And he said, now when she got off of him, he had to pull out his phone and look at the porn. And that was the only way he could come. And I was like, why? He was like, it wasn't like her box wasn't trash. He goes, box. her box wasn't trash. It's just that when we sat down and have conversations and I wanted to talk about the government, and I wanted to talk about life, all she wanted to talk about was her hair, her nails, and loving hip hop. And that shit just wilted, wilted wilted my dick so sometimes it be simple conversation wow yeah 
that is that's crazy. Yeah. I've never even heard of that. Hey, she ain't lying though, because I had a dude that was just like that. All he wanted to talk about was the money that he made, how how good the box was, and, and the bullshit that he was dealing with with his baby mama. So I, I could look, I, I can relate. Oh my gosh. I'm just surprised he was able to get it up if he if he felt so um like like she was, you know, superficial. Like how was he able to I mean, I'm sure she probably rubbed it up. I don't know what what was she able to do to get it up cuz if you're in a superficial relationship, I would think in this and it determines whether or not you're going to be sexually attracted to them. I, I don't know, maybe he, his blood was pumping. I don't know, was he on Viagra? I mean, uh don't don't tell me your business. This is what happens. Um so he you know, he had to do some cocaine. And that's how he was able, but he said the problem was coming. He couldn't right. with her. So, you know, there's million Viagra, drugs, um, even thinking about other women, thinking about porn, looking at porn. They don't make their dick hard all day. You know, man, you just rub against them. They, you know, they, the wind, you know. Right. And so for him, it was the ejaculation part. He could not achieve orgasm because she was just so, and plus she was staying with him. And he couldn't get her to leave. And then when he did get her to leave, she, you know, she went all crazy. You know, like a cat, you can't feed a cat. Is a cat going to come back every day looking food type shit? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is insane. Wow. Man. I say. But, yeah, I've, I've definitely felt that way. Like, if if there's no um, outside stimulation um, as far as what, as far as, like, depth, to a person like we're not we're not vibing on that level i don't i don't even i can't even be sexually attracted like that's not even gonna go any further because it's it's a turnoff to me like if all we're gonna talk about are meaningless you know simpleton things i there's no rise like i love talking about uh having conversations about different topics what's going on you know in the world and just you know spirituality um just being a, having more of a depth i can't talk about loving hip-hop with a dude like if he even have a conversation with me about that i'd be like like suspect <laughs> what the hell <laughs> we talking about housewives i mean come on the next uh dulce and gabbana bag i don't know i can't i, I don't even know the brand name so wow uh, uh yeah that's that's insane but yeah you we got to make sure we're bringing more to the table period even in our friendships forget the relationship as far as the the man you know being with with a man we should be bringing more to the table even within our friendships not just a superficial layer and you know let's replace pussy with just being superficial and having superficial relationships with other people, you know, what are you bringing to the table outside of that as well? So it's just, I believe, having more depth within our relationships and making sure we're building and lifting each other up, whether it's in our sisterhoods or in our family relationships or or with uh, the a sexual relationship or intimate relationship. So, did anyone else want want to add on before we go to our gratitude segment? 
Oh, okay. Um, I was just going to read this quick definition because I, I can relate to this. It's, uh, what is it? Sapiosexuality means that a person is sexually attracted to highly intelligent people, so much so that they consider it to be the most important trait in a partner. Uh, yes, yeah, I that definitely. love that. I, I'm a sexual. My uh, son, my 25-year-old son, introduced me to that word. I was like, what is that? <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Being intellectually um, attracted, yes. So um, that will segue us. on. We're on the wakeupradio.com. You can see the, or watch this on replay. For the podcast at otwtube.com. We want to thank Empress Cindy for doing what she does best and working behind the scenes to produce this show. We appreciate you. And that segues us into our moment of gratitude. If we just all want to go around and let's give uh, five things you're grateful for. You want to start us off, Empress uh, Angie? Oh, man, what am I grateful for? Because I know what I said on Sunday. Uh, can I repeat it again? <laughs> um, uh, I just know one of them, as I always say, for the fact that um, I'm alive and breathing. For, well, this time I can actually say definitely for my family and my friends. Um, uh, I guess I'm going to say my creativity Um, I guess grateful for just being a, a caring, thoughtful person. And what else? Um, I think that's it. That's what's up. Thank you. Empress Maxine. Yes. Um, of course, I'm always grateful to be waking up each and every day. I'm grateful for my mindset. I'm grateful for my health. I should have flipped that my health, my mindset, either way, um, I'm always grateful for having an open mind and having new opportunities to help grow. And um, I'm just always grateful for just life in general. I love how, again, when you can wake up every day, you could learn something and be the better version of yourself. And um, Sister Cindy, what were you asking us? What, what are we growing? I saw that question. Meaning like what's in your garden, like what's growing, like what's brewing for you. And Marty came up in with our this. garden. Yeah. She was like, not your real garden, but your garden, right? Just in life. Like what are the things growing in your life? What are you developing? Thank you, Marty. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's right. Well, I would consider those things, yeah, growing in my garden, you know, having an open mindset, just like a garden, as you can see behind me, we water things and they grow. Don't water them and they die. That's like any relationship that you have. For real. That's facts. And for Cindy, you want to give your five five things you're grateful for? Okay, I'm, I'm going to hold my fingers up like I'm a little, like I'm in kindergarten. So I'm grateful I can walk. I'm grateful I can talk. I'm grateful that I wake up each morning. I'm grateful for the great company of you ladies. And I am so grateful that I can still fuck. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no. She didn't fall out the chair, Nelly. <laughs> Good 
Good Lord. <laughs> well, we're glad that you're able to do that too, Empress Cindy. <laughs> Empress Monica, your turn. I can't come behind that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, mine is going to be um, somewhat of a repeat of last week. Uh, I am grateful for the universal creator. I am grateful for my ancestors. Uh, in my garden, I am sowing new business opportunities, new creativity, innovation, and uh, yeah, I'm thankful for my family and my tribe. That's what's up. Thank you. Empress Thank you. Nelly, what are you grateful for rolling out your chair? Sure, I'm grateful for that last one that Cindy said. <laughs> no, but for real. Um, I'm grateful for being here. I'm grateful for like being able to breathe and see and speak with all of y'all and get to know y'all. Um, I'm also grateful for my children. I'm grateful for the life lessons that I've learned, um, good and bad, because they made me are who I am today. Um I'm grateful for being open-minded and actually that's in my garden. I'm growing to be more open-minded um, with some situations because I, I mean, I've been in experiences, enough experiences to be open-minded about most things, but I know I fall short on some things. I'm grateful for um, being able to acknowledge that I have some things that I have to work on with myself and I'm grateful to be able to do that every day. That might have been six. I'm not sure. Hey. Facts. What's up? It's okay. The more the merrier. So my great my gratitude is to my ancestors, for my universal creator, my tribe, which is my family. Um, I'm grateful for my health, that I have a good quality of life. And um, I'm grateful for being amongst you beautiful ladies. I mean, this has been uh, my growing garden is to, to uh, be more creative and be open and, uh, and definitely come out of my shell. So I'm, I'm very grateful for, for all of you and, and our group of Divine Femininity podcast. So. Much appreciation. I'm glad we were all able to meet up again today. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure. Always, always. Yes, yes ma'am. Shout out to Empress Jackie. Thank you, Empress Jackie, for chiming in. She she yes. was still with us in spirit and behind the scenes, providing information and data. So much love to Empress Jackie, much love to Empress Cindy. We are on the wakeupradio.com, otwtube.com. Um, and again, you can uh, watch the replay on otwtube.com. We thank you for joining us on this wonderful evening. And uh, we will see you on Sunday. Same time, same place, same bat channel. <laughs> Good night, all. Peace, family. Good night, Queen. Count me through thick and thin, our friendship.
individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Dian. Cindy Ashley. On the wake up. How to sign up for OTWT. Type in OTWT in your browser. It will bring up the home page. Then you click the little man with the plus sign to open up an account. Use your best email, select a username, and then enter a good secure password. Now you're at the home page. Click the key to log in to your account using your password with your username. Now search in the search bar for OTW2, which is the page we're going to subscribe to. Click subscribe, click add as friend, as well as click where the videos are. Click on a video to view, like that video, as well as comment. And your exercise is done. Thank you for your support.